Well, good morning, church. How many of you are excited to be in the building this morning? Yes. Hey, I want to take a moment just to look into the camera and welcome those that are watching online. And uh, I'm going to ask you to do something here in just a minute, in like 30 seconds here. But, uh, you know, this, this is the service that we record. So this is the live service. Uh, for those that are uh, hundreds of you watching online right now, uh, I'm going to ask us to do a favor. Because those that are on the other side of that camera right there are still family to Radiant Life. Right? And even though they're in their homes and they're watching and maybe perhaps they didn't get the registration or whatever or checking us out, that's family right there on the other side of the camera that's worshiping with us. So can you just do me a favor? Can you give a huge welcome to those that are even watching online right now? Welcome those. Come on. You're part of family too. Even though you're not in the building, we, you are still part of Radiant Life and we thank you for tuning in that way. Well, we're going to kick off our brand new teaching series together titled Reset. And this was a series that I didn't know we were going to get into when we first were planning the fall. But I really felt like the Lord was telling us as a church that there are three areas that we need a reset. If we were honest, the last six months has been a little cray-cray, right? Like our world got turned upside down a little bit. And maybe perhaps there's some things that God needs to reset within us. That we got off track, if we're a little honest, the last six months. Maybe spiritually dry or whatever. And so I, I have a feeling that this is, this is going to be a, a, a series that I pray will stretch you and grow you, though. I, I, my fear is that for a lot of us, we've allowed the COVID season, if you will, for us to become stale and stagnant like a marsh. That if we're honest and took a real assessment of our spiritual life, that's where we would say we are. Ryan, I was on fire before all this happened, and then, you know, all this happened, and now I just feel stale, I feel marshy, I feel stagnant, I'm not growing, help me. And this is a series that's going to help us dive into this type of stuff, where we're at, and maybe this is where we look spiritually. If, that, is that, if that's where you are, Jesus paid a high price for you. A horrible death, crucified with you on his mind, for us not to live a life that looks like this. In fact, John 10.10, in Jesus' own words in the Passion Translation says, but I have come to give you everything in, what's this one word? Abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. That's what your heavenly Father wants for you in your life. In fact, it's not done. Here's another thing that Jesus says. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you. And we want to dive into this series, resetting some things, where I want us to now look like this instead of that stagnant marsh, where there are beautiful things growing alongside of us. And that is what this reset series is about. So let me give you a few things that we're going to head into. Um, next week, we're going to talk about community. If we're really honest, COVID put us in an isol. It, it was we were isolated, and you're a target for the devil when you're isolated. And we need to get back in biblical community, good Christian community with one another. We got to get back to that, and we need to reset some things in order to get there. And we're going to talk about that next week. The last week, in two weeks, we're going to talk about resetting that flame that burnt out. If you're honest, you were looking in the new year, and our, uh, and our, we, I, ha, I, I get a word from the Lord just over our church for every year, and 2020 was the year of, anyone remember? Joy, right? Wow. Yeah, I laugh too, right? 
Like, okay, God, what are you teaching us in this moment, right? I don't think there's a coincidence our word was joy and we go through what we did. Because our joy is not our circumstances, our joy is in the presence of God, and it's our salvation. I think it's a, it was a lesson for us this whole time. It was a lesson. And so we're going to, if you're honest, we went into the new year all excited, new year, you know, it's always new year, new you, right, type thing, type mentality. And uh, we, were, we were passionate for Jesus, we wanted to grow. Then the world got turned upside down on us, and the flame that was flickering is barely there anymore. And we need to reset that passion again. This week, we're going to reset. Um, we're going to look at worship. Because over the last several weeks, I've been hearing a lot of this idea of, hey, Ryan, if I'm honest, I'm thankful for the cameras and the crews that we have there and the, the technology. You know, your giving helped us to get there. It's amazing. And, but um, in the process of it, I was at home. I was just, I was a spectator. I wasn't participating. I wasn't worshiping anymore. And this is what we're going to get at. We are going to reset some worship. But I have to get us to understand what is worship. And so if you're a note taker, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to give you a ton of things, okay? So turn to your neighbor and just say, buckle up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you definitely better buckle up. Because we are going to go through some things. Now, this isn't the only under time. we got to understand what worship is. And it's going to all make sense. you just got to trust me on this beautiful journey we're going to take this morning. Um, one of the things that we notice is sometimes people just don't get things in our faith. Like take, for instance, Acts chapter 2. We know Jesus has died, has resurrected, has ascended into heaven after spending 40 more days with his disciples and telling them, hey, don't forget, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Acts chapter 2, you have this thing called Pentecost. And in, the, in our faith, a lot of people are like, you hear that word and you think of Pentecost and Pentecostals, and it's like, ah, it's a little scary sometimes. A lot of us may think that. Let me ease you. You know what Pentecost means? 50. I know, scary, right? <laughs> That's all it means, right? But we know that event at Pentecost the Holy Spirit, what Jesus told his disciples in Jerusalem to do, wait, the Holy Spirit came down and filled and empowered his disciples now to go do the kingdom work, okay? But people didn't get it. They started speaking in all these languages, and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, you were Judeans, you're in Jerusalem, you don't speak these, you're speaking Egyptian now, like, what is that going on? And people didn't get it. And so, watch as we enter in to this story in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Now, I think that's in our culture today, isn't it? Sometimes, sometimes, when people don't understand our faith and the elements of our faith, they can make fun of it because we make fun of things we don't understand. And they did back then. And they're being accused. Y'all are drinking a little too much this morning, right? So then Peter, Peter, the disciple that uh, was the disciple of disciples, if you will, he was the leader, steps onto the scene. The same Peter that denied Jesus three times, that Peter has to say, and he's got to clarify, y'all think we're drunk, we're not drunk. Here he goes. He says this, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. 
No, this is that which was, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, you think this moment, this Pentecost, Holy Spirit empowering people, is in drunkenness. That's not this. This is actually that that is over here that the prophet Joel said that the presence of God will come and dwell among their people. That's what this is. And so in this moment, Peter is trying to clarify what's really happening because people are confused. And what I want to do this morning is I want us to truly understand what is worship and why we worship the way we worship. Because there's confusion over it. And we got to reset. And I'm fearful that too many of us, we got to reset our hollow worship. It just became hollow over the, next, over the last six months, if we're honest. I don't know about you, but I, I, I've, I've shared this with you before and those watching online. Um, I don't always like telling people I'm a pastor. Right? Conversations get really weird. <laughs> all right? They tell me all their church history and... They always have to tell me what church now they go to. And I'm like, well, blessings to you. Like, that's awesome. And uh, you get weird questions. You get weird questions when they realize that I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life. Oh, you're much younger than I thought. <laughs> what, they can only be 50-year-olds? I'm 37. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I had a weird haircut to the things. And they're like, oh, and you've got a little tattoo. You're, you're, you're a lead? Are you sure? Yep. Like, it, it just gets really weird. It gets weirder. They, they often ask, what kind of church are we? Are you a Bible-believing, preaching church? Absolutely. This is the truth, and we'll always stand on it as Radiant Life. I will not let culture dictate what God's Word says. This is foundational. I don't care if you feel this way or that. Come on. Don't, I'm not going to allow my feelings to dictate what I... Either he's all your God or he's not your God. We pick parts that we like and want to follow God and the other parts that are like, I don't know, I think people really should feel this way or whatever, and we throw that out. We don't get to determine we're not God. And I'm looking at a bunch of, if we were God, we would be bad gods, all right? We just would be bad gods. I'm going to let the author and the perfecter of my faith determine what truth is and I'll stand on it. That doesn't mean I don't... I don't always understand it, but I can submit to it and say, God, your ways are better than my ways, and I will succumb to this truth. And um, so I say, yeah, of course we are, because, you know, rumor gets out there that we're all this stuff. Just, there is, I hear it. Oh, you're that church that believes that? I'm like, no. You've never stood up on stage and had a message on this. I said, I may have not had a specific message on this, but it has come through my mouth that I will stand for life and always will stand for life. I will. And so there are things that people think that... <laughs> I, I, I love what one pastor... I'm getting off a tangent right now. So just hang in there with me. I told you to buckle up. A little passionate this morning. Um, there's a pastor that says, you know what, if your church doesn't seem weird to your community, then I wonder if you're really following Jesus. And I'm like, hey, let us be weird then, right? Followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be counter-cultural anyways, because culture's screaming this, and we say, no, because that's darkness, and we got to get you into the light, all right, because his way's better. I got to get on track. Where am I here? Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah, people asking me what kind of church, and they, they want to know about worship, because everyone equates worship with singing and song right? We have to understand it. I'm going to unpack a lot of the song aspect, but worship is our lifestyle. It's how you and I live our lives. We have to understand that. It's more than what we just do on Sunday morning with a team up here singing songs. So they want to know, like, Pastor, 
Pastor Ryan, are you um, at Radiant Life Church? Are they like, do you sing out of a book or are they like words on screens? I said, well, <laughs> we have words on screens and they're called lyrics to songs, all right? So yeah, we have that. That's what we do. And so they're trying to figure out like, and I'm like, it's not right or wrong one way or the other because what matters is the heart in worship. Amen. Sure, we'll go back to hymnals. We'll do it if it matters here, Amen. right? We may not go to country music, though. Just <laughs> but anyway, back on top. So they want to know, like, okay, so you got, you got words, and you got drums and stuff. Yeah, we got drums. We got, we got a band, and I think they're really good. And you should come experience them, because I think they bring a heart of worship to, to our worship and everything. And um, they said, well, I got one more question. Are you a hand-raising church? I get that. And I said, yeah, I mean, not everyone raises their hands, but it's an expression, right? It's a form of worship. Some do, right? Some don't. And I'm, I'm just curious, how many of you have been into a hand-raising church before? Raise your hand if you've been there. All right, the rest of you that aren't, it's like the question, like, I can't raise my hand in church, right? There's something to that. I say we're a hand-raising church. Not everyone raises their hands, but some do. I raise my hand. I will sit down there every Sunday and raise my hand. I will, and I'm going to unpack that in a little bit. But there's a lot of misconceptions with worship, and we just got to reset it all and come back to the heart of worship. Oftentimes, I need to know the why before what I'm doing. Don't just tell me to do it. Give me the why behind it. Because here's a statement you need to know. Oftentimes, the why determines the way. If we understand the why, it will determine the way that we do things. So this morning, I'm going to give you about four or five things, and I'm going to have two conversations with you. Conversation number one, we're still in conversation number one, by the way, is the why. Why does Radiant Life worship the way we do? Why does the Bible call for it the way it does? And then conversation number two is we're going to talk about some ways that we do do worship here. <laughs> do do. Um, that we do worship here. This is Holy Spirit. This is not too much caffeine, by the way. All right, here we go. So note takers, I'm going to go through a ton of things this morning. But we need to reset in our worship. So here you go. Number one, why does Radiant Life worship the way we do? Why does the Bible say that we need to worship God? Here's the first reason. Number one, because God asked for it. Honestly, that should be enough right there. God asked for it. If God asked us in his word to bring me worship as you enter a building on Sunday morning, you are to balance a pencil on your nose as worship. Guess what we're all going to do? Okay, I won't be the only one. I'm going to balance my pencil on my nose then, because God told me to. I may sit there and go, God, why are we doing this? There's other forms of worship here. But if this is what God calls us to do, we'll do it. He asked for it. In fact, the longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms, 153, or 150 chapters. It is all about worship. The longest book in the Bible is about worship. Psalm 150, it's my, one of my favorite psalms. Here's what it says. This is the Passion Translation. It says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise God in his holy sanctuary. Praise him in his stronghold in the sky. Praise him for his miracles of might. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with the trumpets. What's this one word, friends? Blasting. Blasting. Pastor, your church is too loud. That's God's word, not my word. It gets worse if you think we're too loud, by the way. Praise him with piano and guitar. Well, I don't like the drums on your stage. Praise him with what? 
drums and dancing. This isn't my word. This is God's word. Oh, I told you it gets worse. Your, lo- your church is too loud. Praise him with loud, resounding clash of cymbals. I love that. I love it. I understand sometimes we do get a little loud. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll receive those emails. That's fine. Here's the thing. I want to encourage you to go to a mega church. Like one that's like 5,000, 10,000. I promise you, you will never come back here and say we were too loud. I promise you that. It may be loud for our community. I don't know how else to explain it. What? Oh, I'm not done. Uh, Verse 6. Let everyone everywhere join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Not one time did I read in God's word right there in Psalm 150 about praising God. Does it say, stand here stoic? I see exuberance. I don't know about you. Now, there's nothing wrong with standing stoic. Don't get me wrong. But do you know 12 times in those six verses I read the word praise? 12 times. I need to give you what the definition of praise is to help us even unpack it even greater. The word is, this was written in Hebrew, the original language. This word praise here, we get praise, but here's what the word means in Hebrew. It's hallel. Let me hear you say hallel. Here's what it means. This is not my definition. This is literally every pastor's Hebrew lexicon of the word. It means to shine, hence to make a show, to boast, and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to what, friends? Woo! I'm just curious. I think we see this more in college football stadiums than we do in churches across America on Sunday morning. Here's the thing. I know you know how to worship. I think we just got to reset it because we've been hollow for far too long. You got to reset it. Look at what it means. Why do we worship? Because God asked for it. That's why we do what we do. Here's the second point. Why do we worship? Why does the Bible tell us to worship? Because praise is my purpose. Praise is my purpose. Did you know that the church is not just for you? Now, don't get me wrong. I hope you are encouraged on Sunday morning. I hope you meet friends here. I hope you learn. And most of all, I hope you're transformed by Jesus every Sunday morning. But coming here will ultimately be for his glory and his honor first and foremost. It's not, oh, the praise team was all right today. Ryan wasn't on his A game. I got more out of last week than this week. He must have had a hard week today. (laughs) Look at at what Peter writes, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are, he's he's talking to followers of Jesus. Listen, but you're a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You have to understand your identity in Jesus Christ because there's an enemy of your soul that's trying to distort that right now in our culture. Understand who you are. But watch this. He's not done. He says, understand who you are. Watch this. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wondrous light. Come on. That is so good. That is good. Why did God do what he did? So we can declare his praises. And I want to be that church that declares the praises to the people in our community. I want to be that church. 
And who did Jesus go after often? And he got accused of it all the time. Sinners, tax collectors. How dare you to go after those people? I have to sit there and go, no, because we, we got to declare our praises and remind them who our God is. Because they're right now are in darkness and we want them to go into the wonderful light. That's it. Why do we worship? We worship because of who he is. We worship because who God is. I think sometimes we forget who God actually is. Because we get busy. We get chaotic. The world is just noises. We forget the goodness of God. There's a pastor that I... I follow a lot, and he's well-known, but one of the things that he was invited to play golf with um, Jack Nicholson. Is that the right golfer? What one's now confused again? Is it? Any golfers in the house? Is it Jack Nicholson? Nicholas? Nicholas! I said the actor, didn't I? Okay. Just go with me with Jack for now, okay? Oh, sorry. One of our cameramen, probably one of the biggest golfers in the room right there. Um, so he got to go, with, he was invited to play a scramble with like one of the greatest golfers ever. I mean, he's aging right now, but um, Jack. And so he's like, absolutely, I want to go. Like, why would I not want to go, right? And so he gets there and uh, he goes, I was paired up with Jack. And Jack goes to the tee box and there's, there's a crowd there kind of watching because it's Jack. He's one of the greatest ever. And um, He's getting old, though, and he goes to tea, and his swing's kind of rough, and he, he hits it, and the whole crowd's like, oh, Jack, Jack, yeah! And the pastor goes, the ball barely went anywhere. Like, why are they clapping? Like, that was a horrible tee shot, to be honest. And then uh, he said, Jack got off the, the tee box, and he goes, and um, he, Jack proceeds to tell the joke to the crowd. And he gets done with the joke. They're like, oh, Jack, that's so funny, Jack. Oh, you're so funny. And the pastor goes, it was a dumb joke. It wasn't even funny. And he said, but why were they applauding him? And saying, oh, Jack, oh, Jack, for who he is. Let me remind you of who our God is. For our God is great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Check this out, another psalm. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, his holy mountain. One more for you. And I know I'm going through the psalms quick. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all other gods. Why do we worship? Because we know who our God is. He is good. He is great. That's why we worship. And we will always worship, number one, for that reason. And there's another reason. We worship for what he's done. You know that crazy person in worship that um, maybe over here kneeling, weeping, and you're worshiping and you're like, what is that person doing? You don't know that person was a drug addict and just surrendered his crack pipe to me. And found freedom in Jesus Christ. I'll let him come and weep. Because he knows what Jesus Christ did for him. Hear my heart. I'm fearful for many of us who have followed Jesus for far, long time. Have forgotten what he's done for you. I don't know about you. 
but I'm going to worship. And it ain't pretty all the time. I can't sing worth a note, but I'm going to belt it out. I'm sorry you all have to sit by me this morning. I'll sing it. I'll sing sometimes. What's it? Acapella? I'll do something. What? Falsetto. Falsetto. I'll get high. I'll change my voice and sing like a girl because I, I just, I know my voice sounds horrible, so I just might as well have fun with it while I'm at it. So, right? I, I, I like getting us clapping. I like getting us clapping, and then as soon as we start singing, I got to stop clapping because I can't do this and do this at the same time. So I'm like, yeah, let's go, church. We're praising God. Yeah, all right, I'm done. I'm going to start singing now, right? Tina, I love that you're here. Tina, I get fired up when Tina's here. Sorry, calling you out, Tina. She's shrinking. Don't do this to me. She loves it. Hallelujah. Glory. Right? You're clapping. Man, I love it. I love that spirit. She, see? She does it. I love it. I love it. Here we go. What he's done. Check this out. So Jesus just did this miracle in Luke 19. Look it up later. And um, watch this. The whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over the mighty works they had witnessed. They're like, wow, God, you did a miracle in this man's life. Yeah, we're going to praise you for what you've done. But two verses later, some Pharisees, the religious, from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. And Jesus said, but if they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. I don't want stones to take my job of praising God. I want that job. I want it. There's a military base in North Carolina that houses F-16s. Sweet military plane. And it houses these military planes. But there's an issue with this military base in North Carolina. It's right next to one of the major highways. And what was happening is these F-16s were taking off and landing. And people driving on the highway didn't see them. But they heard them. And they were like, what was that noise? Oh, it's just an F-16. Like it was. So the city had to come and say, we got to fix this. There is, you're causing drivers panic. So the military base said, we'll put a sign by the road. And here's the sign at the military base in North Carolina. Pardon the noise, it's the sound of freedom. I want our community to look at Radiant Life and we could say, hey, pardon our noise, but it's the sound of freedom because we know what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. That's what I want. Pardon the noise, but we will celebrate what God has done in its freedom. It's freedom. We worship. Because it's what God has told us to do. And he dictates it. I don't want us to forget the goodness and greatness of who God is. God is so He's great. Don't forget that. This world may be full of chaos and it's hectic at times. But God still has it in his hand. He's still good. He's still saving people. He's still forgiving you. He's still looking at you so 
proudly to call you his son and his daughter. He's proud of you. Let's stay the course, friends. Let's come in, whether we're at home, on our couch, or we come into this room on Sunday morning. May we always be reminded of the greatness of God. Here's the truth about worship. We worship because worship changes everything. What I've often noticed is there's a moment where my problem seems big and God feels small right now. But I turn on that worship music. I, I can't explain what's happening, but I just know God's at work. And it's taking my big problem and making God feel small. And I just start to worship and give him the glory and be reminded of his greatness. And he becomes great. My problem's now small. And I love what Ezekiel reminds us about this. The prophet Ezekiel reminds us that when people came into the temple in the ancient world, which was the church at the time, they were to come in and leave. They were to come in one way and leave another. And Ezekiel says this, but when the people came through the north gateway to worship the Lord during religious festivals, they must leave by the south gateway. And those who entered through the south gateway, you must leave by the north gateway. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but also, but also must always the opposite gateway. You leave a different way. Why? It was a representation that when you came into the presence of God, you met with him, you were to leave a changed person. So don't go back the way you came in. Let's shout our praise in this moment. Let's shout it no matter what we're going through. God is still on his throne and he is still good and he is great. And this earth needs to know the goodness of who God is. So church, I know, stay seated, I know. Let's shout our praise now. Let's shout it. May we never forget the goodness of God. Now remember a statement I made, the why determines the way. Now we understand the why. Let's understand the way we worship. And I'm going to go through this real quick with you. That was a powerful moment, friends. That was a powerful moment. The way we worship, sometimes we bow in reverence. Sometimes you may be seeing people in the front of the stage or in the corners just in a posture of bowing down before God, saying, God, you are holy. There is no one like you. And we're told in God's word, we're told in God's word that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the psalmist says this, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Sometimes you may see in worship bowing down, and that's okay. Sometimes we lift our hands in adoration. We lift them up. The psalmist says this in Psalm 63, I will praise you as long as I live, and your name I will lift my hands. 
And the lifting of hands sometimes in our culture today, it represents a sign of surrender and a sign of victory. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm giving it. It's not a weird thing. It's a Bible thing. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes the way is we dance in celebration. I get my little groove on down there sometimes. This white guy can't dance, but I can kind of move and, you know, that type of thing. I can't moonwalk. I can't dance. I can't. I'm stiff. My body doesn't move that way. But look what the psalmist says, Psalm 149. Let them praise his name with what? I'm going to tell you, if you got to move, then move. Just move. Move. Look, here's another psalm. You turn my wailing into what? Come on, this is the movie. I don't mean, it doesn't mean we're going to freak out or anything. Everything will be done in order because we know that there's an enemy and a spirit of chaos and confusion, and that's not of God. But if you're there just like, oh God, I need to bow down before you. It's resetting our worship. And lastly, sometimes we worship with a sacrifice of praise. There are Sundays at me, you may want to come in and just like, Ryan, I don't want to worship. I don't want to. I've had a horrible week. There's nothing inside of me that wants to sing songs to God. But let me, be, let me remind you of what the writers of Hebrews says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes we'll praise Him when we don't feel like it, and we'll praise Him when we do feel like it. We'll praise Him when we're on cloud nine, and we'll praise Him when we feel like we have no joy because God is still on His throne and He's still great. Because we don't worship God because we feel like it. We worship God because who He is. Worship is not just the songs we sing, but the life we live. The team's going to lead us into another song. It's called Nothing Else. And it talks about that there is nothing else we'll do. But God, I just want you. And that's the heart of worship. It's not what we've made it or what we prefer it to be. It's above everything. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you, Jesus. So Jesus, will you meet us in this moment? Jesus, will you minister to us in this moment? We just want you.